a sustainable diet. And I had never even thought about diets that way. I just thought, when I say diet, really what you're saying is just eating healthy. I never thought about changing my mindset to actually saying, stop thinking this as you losing weight temporarily or just you losing weight or you having to work out and start thinking about a healthy lifestyle and a healthy living. And that changed the game for me completely. Um, I realized that my mistake and error and why I faltered every time is because I wouldn't stop eating all the crap. I was not eating healthy. I was losing weight, but I was defaulting back to that childhood overeating and terrible eating habits. I was not changing those eating habits and making those choices. So eventually, I was basically setting myself up for failure. All right, my friend, it's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Father Project podcast. This episode truly has me inspired and fired up because you're about to hear a conversation between myself and one of our amazing and inspiring Fit Father program members, David Corner. David is a 45-year-old father currently living in Missouri. He has two boys, and he went through an incredible transformation where David went from 220 pounds down to around 180. But the thing about it is it's really amazing to lose 40 pounds. But what's truly profound about David's story is he did this in spite of so much adversity. Where David's a man who has a genetic condition in his spine, spinal stenosis, where his spinal canal is actually smaller and it puts pressure on his nerves, leading to muscle spasms and tons of back pain. He also has a genetic heart condition where it was leading to blood not pumping properly through his heart that led to him to have open heart surgery in his 30s. So this is some serious stuff that David had to work through. And I think what's amazing about hearing stories where you see a man overcome such tremendous adversity is it shows it's all it's possible. Look, in our lives, all of us have different kinds of challenges, and I think it's important that we hear stories of people who overcome those challenges and are able to create the kind of health and life that they want in spite of all of that, because we can reflect in our own lives after hearing a guy like David about our own challenges, and maybe it opens our mind a little bit bigger to the different possibilities that we may have, and we can shed some of those limiting beliefs where it's like, oh, I'm too old, or I have this injury that prevents me from doing this, or I have this kind of genetic thing. Well, David could have said all of those things, and in fact, he did say those things in terms of beliefs for many years, but he was able to break it and unwind. And David's story is also profound because there's some very emotional moments that he's going to share where he's taking a float trip with some of his friends where they're going down the river and David approaches this rope swing that he wanted to hop on. And he shares about how that moment of being on that rope swing and not being able to do it completely changed his life. So buckle up for this conversation, get ready to be inspired. And also at the end, David shares a lot of wisdom about what he recommends for all of us who have some kind of limitation or challenge about how we overcome it. And it's actually a mindset shift that's really profound. And I really love David's conversation. So let's hop into Fit Father David Corner's interview here. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this like I did. All right, David, welcome officially to the Fit Father Project podcast, my friend. I'm happy to have you here. And I'd love for you to introduce yourself to all the guys and gals that are listening to this, your name, your age, where you're from, a little bit about your family, and then we'll get into your Fit Father story. Sure. My name is uh, David Corner, age 45. Grew up in uh, Wichita, Kansas, about you know 350,000 population. Um, and eventually after college moved, uh, around, a, a town in, uh, near Kansas city, Missouri, and been living in Missouri for the past 15 years. 
Nice. Are you married? Have kids? Yep. Been married 20 years. Had our 20th anniversary last year. Nice. And have two boys. We uh, didn't play around. Uh, I got married young and had kids young. So my boys are 20 and 15. Soon to be 21 and 16, actually pretty soon. So Nice. Are they into sports and athletics or anything like that? Yes. Yes. Both did soccer for a long time. The 20-year-old is focusing more on school now and work, but he did soccer for a long time, even did uh, a lot of the stuff I did. I did MMA training for quite a while. He started doing that as well. And my youngest is big in soccer and actually, you know, working out with dad with the weights downstairs. So nice. Well, I'm sure that's something that's become new over the last few years, especially as you've improved your health pretty tremendously. And I'd love to kind of go through the recount of your journey. I know there's some pivotal moments that brought you to making the change that you wanted to make and deciding enough was enough, but I'd love for you to recount what kind of got you there. Like what happened throughout your twenties and thirties and some of these experiences that brought your health to what we could call a low point. Yeah, sure. What basically got me there in the twenties and thirties kind of rewind back to childhood. You know, my entire family grew up, you know, there was no restrictions on eating. You know, I was always very athletic and um, I was always a kid that moved around all the time. I was doing something outside or playing a sport and eating habits were terrible. I, you know, I look at it now and even as a young kid in my entire family, we just overate everything. Now, when you're young, you don't think of it like that. And uh, everyone's doing it around you and your family. So you don't think about it like that. You know, I'm I'm eating just voracious amounts of food all the time. You know, part of that I'm young and I'm I'm always moving around. But what really set the stage for what was going to happen in the 20s and 30s um, and before I had that moment was the types of food I was eating. I was not eating healthy. You know, I'm eating gallons of ice cream, Oreos. That's what I ate. Chips, drank just ridiculous amounts of soda growing up, and that's what I did on top of just normal eating. You know, whatever mom cooked. So, and the whole family was that way. You know, everyone has just got bags of chips, food lying everywhere. We're just eating all the time. Um, and it never really was an issue until, you know, probably around my, you know, like 20s. Starting in the 20s, um, after I got married and had kids, I started to know some, some uh, weight gain. Um, at that time, I kind of got into MMA, uh, just having fun with MMA, nothing serious, but training pretty hard. But I could not get like maybe below 215 or anything like that. Now I'm 6'3", and so many people may say that's not so bad, but it is, it's not great. And it's especially not great when you realize what I was eating. That's what a lot of people didn't see is the terrible food I was eating all the time and just almost like rotting my insides. And even my trainer, because I had a trainer, he was like, man, Dave, you work out all the time and you're just not losing any weight. Well, because he didn't know I was going home and just absolutely just eating everything and anything that's in the fridge going to the store and buying unhealthy things. So in the 30s, just repeated that the entire time. So just a lot of terrible, terrible eating habits. Um, And even eating when I was full, I'm a super fast eater. So my body won't even recognize I'm full. I can tear down 2,000 calories before my body and recognize it's had 2,000 calories. So Yeah. And it's really amazing how like these early childhood experiences and habits that aren't a problem when your body's so young and resilient, the metabolisms there start to creep up on you. And I know that was a big part of it, right? You start to experience the weight gain, the slowdown, and just that feeling like what you mentioned, the feeling that your insides were rotting. It's just like the feeling that you're not healthy, right? That there's something not good internally. I'm sure your digestion was absolute crap and there's bloating. Like anytime you're eating like crap, like speak to that a little bit. Cause I think that's a big sign for guys listening. If your, if your GI tract feels off, it means that, you know, you're putting the wrong fuel in the tank. Yeah. Well, 
And I didn't even know, uh, to be honest with you, I thought that was normal. I just thought that type of going to the bathroom is just normal, you know, never having really solid bowel movements or anything like that. I just thought, no, this is just how things are. You know, the eating habits I'm talking about and, and the overeating, unfortunately, for my friends and family, my overeating is like legendary. So, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to get a, a 24 pack of twin popsicles and I would down it in an hour, hour and a half. Uh, nothing. Dang. So yeah, I see that's everyone's response. And that was nothing for me. And that wasn't even the only thing I did that day. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So drinking a two liter of soda in an hour, hour and a half, two hours, no problem. And this is on top of just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I, I just, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm still astounded. I, I tried to tell someone that I could put down maybe in a day. It was not unheard of for me to do 5,000 calories, 6,000 calories. And they're like, do you know how much food that is? There's no way. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I started kind of going through what I would eat. And they were like, wow, okay, no, that's achievable if you eat that much. Yeah. And largely sugar too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and fried foods. Um, if I opened a bag of chips, I was going to eat that entire bag of chips. That, that bag of chips wasn't going to be halfway eaten. There was just nothing to it, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, man, I got to say, I'm, I'm so happy that you've chosen to turn things around because like eventually the price of that, you know, gets paid. We're seeing such an increase in like Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff like that. And we're kind of figuring out a lot of this comes down to having way too much sugar in the blood all the time. And it affects the brain health. So it's good that you got things taken care of. And I know that the, the eating was a big part of what you went through, but you had some other challenges as well. Some stuff that's just like genetic challenges that you face too. So I'd love you to speak to those. Yeah. So um, I started noticing about the age of 20 that I was, I noticed that my back was always uncomfortable and sitting and couldn't stay, sit still very well. But by age 20, I started having serious back spasms, 21, 22, started seeing some doctors and they, they basically did MRIs and said, you have spinal stenosis. Um, and this is unfortunate about not knowing your own family's situation because I had no idea my dad had that. My dad did, but never said anything because of just that generation. They just don't talk about medical conditions or anything like that. And it was genetic and it did run in my family. And um, several people in my family have that. And the muscle spasms were due to the spinal stenosis um, and the nerves being you know, bent and smashed and crushed um, you know, when I move and when I worked out. And so I had a lot of pain, you know, probably had my first epidural back shot for steroids, um, 25, 26, um, over the course of until I started having that moment, I had close to a dozen epidural shots because the pain got so intense and so out of control. I just didn't know what to do. Um, and none of the, the doctors didn't either. They said you could do surgery, but it's an iffy process right now. We're not hundred percent certain that we can help you. It may get worse. It may not. It may do nothing. So that was a tough decision. And um, I did MMA for 11 years and had a trainer, had a last with that. But of course, working out was a challenge because I kept getting injured. I kept having the problems with my spinal stenosis. And then a bombshell kind of hit me as I was training. Actually, had not too long ago come off of one of my epidural back shots. I had realized that the six months prior, I had been ignoring some symptoms that I wasn't understanding the symptoms. Um, I was extremely tired. Uh, I would get done from my workouts and literally go sleep for at seven o'clock PM and not wake up till 7 AM. And my wife knew something was kind of up and said, you know, I think you should go see the doctor. I was like, ah, I'm just maybe getting older. Uh, you know, 
maybe I just can't work out like I used to. And I also found out that what happened is um, a couple of times I almost reached full syncope, uh, which is basically for the audience is basically a temporary passing out due to fall of blood pressure. I did not know that's what was happening at the time. I had no clue. I had a lot of people comment if I was okay when I was working out because I just turned white as a ghost. I had no idea about my complexion at the time that was happening. And then one day I went working out and I started reaching syncope, didn't realize that's what it was, and I reached it. And uh, thank goodness for me, when I passed out, not only did that happen, but um, my heart stopped. They found out later on that some type of fibrillation, they don't know what kind, they just know it must have had some type of fibrillation because my trainer who's CPR certified, he's the one that actually got my heart going again. Um, He had to do it for a minute. Uh, He checked all my vital signs multiple times and could not hear my heart beating. And it took him a minute to get me going. And got into the, you know, ambulance came, picked me up, they did the EKG, and they immediately said, uh, something's not right. Uh, this is, this is uh, you have something definitely happening. You need to definitely go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. They did all these tests and said, hey, you know, didn't know if you knew this, but you have what's called a bicuspid aortic valve, which is basically a bivalve. Everyone's aortic valve has three flaps, and mine only had two. So it allowed for some blood flow to go backwards, but... To go the other way, right. Yeah, to go the other way. And I've always had a heart murmur and doctors always said, oh, you just have a functional heart murmur, no problem. Because you can have a heart murmur for many different reasons. I had no idea this was the reason. And I also found out that the medical world doesn't exactly know why someone with a bivalve, why the valves start getting damaged because it's not due to workout and they could get damaged as early as 19 if you have one, and you can live to be 100 and never have a single problem with your bivalve if you have one. So they really don't know what causes it. Um, there's speculation. Uh, but mine's happened at 35. And um, basically, it was closing up, and the valves were getting damaged. The flaps were getting damaged and basically just cementing into nothing. And that's what was happening. I had no blood going, no oxygenated blood going to my organs and my muscles. So that's what caused the syncope. That's what caused the fibrillation. As your heart continues to contract, right? And it contracts faster and faster and faster because it's like, let's try to do our job, but blood's going the other way. Eventually it shuts down. I mean, what a scary thing to happen at 35. Yep. And the fibrillation happened. And, uh, you know, thank goodness I had my my trainer there who knew what he was doing. My kids were there. Uh, Luckily, the other uh, people there kind of took my kids away. uh, So they didn't have to see that. They were young enough to not really sure what was going on. But yeah, that was a huge moment because you know the doctor comes in and just says, you have to have surgery within a month or two, no more. And I just thought, what if I stop working out? He's like, it has nothing to do with you working out. You got two months before you really put yourself in severe danger. He said, within two years, I have a 50% chance of dying. And that's just sitting on my couch doing nothing. If I did nothing, I have a 50% chance of dying within two years after this has been diagnosed. And after that, it's just grim. There's no way I can live much more than four years after that. It's going to happen. My heart will just stop and that would be the end of it. So I had to get the heart surgery. I was so young. They said, you probably should get a mechanical valve. So I have a mechanical valve that I hear clicking all the time uh, because it lasts for 100 years. And if I didn't get that, I'd have to get it replaced every 10 years if I did like a pig valve. But yeah, that created its own challenges. That was tough because working out still was a part of my life. I love doing the MMA aspect. I love playing basketball. I still played basketball at the time. I still love just getting out and doing things. 
And uh, I just felt like I couldn't do that anymore. I had a huge mental shift that occurred at that time. And then all of a sudden, the mental you know, aspect bombshell kind of hit after that. And I went into, within a year of the surgery, everything went fine, but I went into a huge state of depression, started having panic attacks, uh, anxiety, you know, finding out that uh, now studies are showing that for unknown reasons, people who go through open heart surgery of any kind are more prone to all of a sudden having panic attacks and depression, even if they never really had it before. So that was, um, I went into a state of, oh gosh, four years. Um, I took a lot of anti-anxiety and anti-depression medication. And that was terrible for me. That ended up not working at all. I got all the side effects, none of the benefits. I was having horrific mood swings that I had never had before. I was... Um, sure, it crushed your libido too. I mean, a lot of those things do. Oh my... Yeah, well, it, the libido is actually all over the place because what happened is, is they give me some new anti-anxiety or anti-depression medication. And two weeks, I'd be, oh my gosh, on cloud nine. And then there would just be this, net, for whatever reason, just huge crash. Nothing would maintain. And that crash was bad. And uh, I got a lot of the side effects um, up, including a few times that scared the hell out of me, having even suicidal thoughts, which are some of the horrific side effects of these medications. And when that happened, I said, you know what? Uh, that's it. I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. I, I can't live life like this. This isn't going to work. Plus, these medications weren't helping me be myself. And I was putting a tremendous strain on the marriage and the family. I, I was basically just not there. I mean, my wife for four years was pretty much a single mom, you know, trying to handle two kids. Um, it's not that I wanted to be that way, but you know, you take all that, that heart surgery, the mental state I was in. I also decided I was tired of my back hurting, so I'd stop working out. I thought that was a great idea at the time. Why don't I just stop working out for four years? I, oh my gosh, I was in such terrible physical shape. Um, the last epidural, I actually remember the last epidural I got because it was the moment when I realized the whole not working out thing wasn't working out. <laughs> and that was, uh, I went to empty the trash, and that's what started my last and final bout of back problems that I had to get an epidural shot. Um, several years ago, many years ago, um, I went to empty the trash and emptying the trash, um, stressed my back out, caused going to back spasm. I couldn't even lift a 30 pound bag of trash, you know, put it in the trash can. And I, so all of this is happening. All of this is going on. Uh, just my whole mental state and my physical state is, is dramatically dropping. Uh, I mean, I'm just gaining weight like crazy. I'm just shoving stuff down my throat doing anything and everything I can to get some type of reprieve. Yeah. Self-medicate. There you go. Alcohol started getting into it. I wasn't super terrible, but oh, obviously alcohol. I, I stopped drinking soda and went right to alcohol too. Uh, that's not going to work, right? That's just as bad in, in many respects. So um, doing all those things, it was really difficult for me. And, you know, and, and then that led up, that was, that was what was leading up to that, that one moment, that moment that pretty much, changed everything. Let's talk about that. I know you're referring and those listening don't necessarily know yet, but they're about to find out is this float trip that you took in 2019. So was this a tradition that you guys do? Yeah, we had started, um, I uh, graduated from K-State and we had a lot of K-State friends. Uh, that was in, That's in Kansas, in Manhattan, Kansas. And um, a lot of them lived around the Kansas, Missouri area, Kansas City area. We're all from this area. So we decided, hey, it'd be great. Why don't we start getting together and do a float trip? 
And uh, we kind of came in late in the game later on because we had kids. Most of our friends didn't yet. Um, so as the years progressed, we started going to these float trips. And they were down in Knoll, Missouri. Um, I can't remember. I think I can't remember the river. Um, it's escaping me. But anyway, we go on these float trips. And, you know, they're a lot of fun. They're just a lot of fun, you know, get on a float trip and hang out with the guys and your friends and, you know, drink a little and, and just, you know, enjoy the water and the weather. And that float trip, I'll never, it's the summer of 2019. I would have been 42 at the time because I'm 45 now. Yeah, 42. 2019. I was at the worst possible. Um, to kind of backtrack, I had gotten at my heaviest 240 pounds. And um, and what are you today, just for context for people listening? So I got all the way down to 175. And just because the winter months kind of have the winter months, have you talked about that on your newsletter? I'm a 185. I'm 185. Still, still great, but I'm getting. I'm going to get right back down to 185. You know, it's just a little difficult because I'm in the Midwest and uh, not easy to do a lot of things outside. Well, these seasonal fluctuations are normal, but you went from basically just. I want you to continue talking about the float trip, but you went from a 240 down to a nice 185, which is a good way for you. Well, and see, that was like six years ago. And I remember because I that picture that I took just by chance, it wasn't even me that took it. It was my mom that took it. That was my dad's 70th birthday. He's 76 now. So that was six years prior. And I had, that one was really tough. I was, oh my God, I was in so much pain at 240. Talk about the worst thing for a spinal stenosis to be overweight. Uh, that's the worst thing you can have. And I was struggling, weak. Um, I at least dropped 20 pounds and got down to 220 but still not eating healthy. Um, so at the time of the float trip, I had managed to drop 20 pounds only. And by the way, that 185, that 10 pound shift, this is to me a huge, this is huge for me. That 10 pounds extra only happened over six months. Normally, I'd gain everything back and more in a six month period uh, for my roller coaster dieting that I did throughout my entire life prior. Um, but I'm 220. Going on this float trip, oh, and I remember, I actually remember sitting the night before because you go on Saturday, and on Friday, we always have a big grill out and cook out. And I remember sitting down there in the evening, you know, I'm drinking my beers, I'm doing all this stuff and kind of looking down at me. And my stomach and my chest, my chest is huge. I gain all my weight in my stomach and my chest. I just remember being so embarrassed because this, you know, this wasn't me. And it was just tough because I was getting really hard on myself. And I was just like, this, this is terrible. Anyway, I go to the float trip. Don't, you know, whatever. It's, I am what I am, I guess. And go on this float trip. And uh, something just made me want to get on one of these rope swings. A lot of float trips, they always have rope swing. There's always trees hanging over the water. So I get on this rope swing. And I grab the rope swing thinking, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, what kind of flip I want to do off this thing? Um, well, I went on that rope swing and I swung. Man, I'll tell you what, it was like a sack of potatoes going into the water. I couldn't even pull myself up. I could barely hang on. And at the time, what was crazy is that mentally, I just thought I made an error. You know, sometimes when you're doing your stuff, like, ah, I just didn't pull up correctly or something like that. I, I timed it wrong. So I literally swam right back, did it again. And it obviously, I went same, same outcome. I probably did another five or six times. Um, and the whole time, I'm also thinking, oh my God, I hope I don't damage my back. Like, I can't do this. I can't even lift myself up. I'm, I can barely, even when I tried to lift myself up, nothing happened. I just literally fell straight down to the water. I swam back to the float. No one, luckily, at the time saw. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. We went about a mile down another row swing. I tried a couple more times. Same thing. Same thing. 
I just remember being so incredibly embarrassed. And I remember being thankful that I don't think anyone saw me. They had no idea I was doing this. I was so embarrassed that they, like the, my wife, who's on the float trip, and my friends might have seen me do that. I just couldn't believe that that happened. I couldn't believe that it happened. And what's interesting is that at the time this happened, I did not know that was the moment. I didn't realize. I didn't realize till later that that was the moment. And I'll get to that part because that's when I realized how devastating this really was for me. So after I get back from the float trip, things didn't go well. I got just really depressed. I'm not on this medications anymore, but I'm just getting depressed again about my state. Um, I'm feeling like I'm just not the man. My wife probably thought she was marrying. I'm just feeling disgusting, gross. I have no motivation to do anything. And I got into kind of another bout of depression in a bad spot. And then I just said, you know what? Let me let me just try dieting again. Let me try dieting again. Let me try to get my weight off again. And um, that's when it started in December 1st, 2019. I remember that because I wanted to start clean like December 1st, 2019. Now, I had not found Fit Fathers Project at all, nothing. Knew nothing about it this time. I was just going to do my normal diet that I always did, which was eat kind of whatever I want to, try to work out as much as possible to over... Overshadow, you know, try to over, you know, um, to compensate for all the crap that I was eating and, and putting in my body and just try to keep a calorie deficit to some degree. So that's kind of where it started, but I still didn't know that moment. And that's when the Fit Fathers Project came in because I, I think it's about three or four. So I started December 1st, 2019. The diet's going good, but I'm also mentally thinking, how long can I keep this up before I, I give up? Because I always do. I always, something happens and I say, forget it. And then I just go right back up to 220 or worse, 230, 240. Happens all the time. It's already happened several times. So I was hoping I at least could keep the body enough for the summer to maybe go on that float trip again, things like that. And about three or four months in, I just happened to run across one of your videos. Uh, but by the way, hats off to you, to all the free content that you allow people to see. Uh, no one does that. Hardly anyone does that. Um, I, I was astounded at all the amount of videos you have. And I, I think I was looking up just some workouts to do um, at home because I hate going to the gym. So I love to do stuff at home and do body workouts, things like that. Maybe things I can use dumbbells, you know, not a whole lot of dumbbells or stuff like that. And you started just doing your thing, talking about exercises, talking about, uh, you know, stop doing this exercise, that exercise. It's better to do these exercises. Hey, you know, I started going, oh, what is this Fit Fathers Project? Why do they call it Fit Fathers Project? Found out about your story with your father. Totally like, okay, wow. Okay, this is interesting. Um, you didn't just show exercises. You talked about why they're important and, you know, what's backing these exercises and why they're so good. And then you have this little thing saying, hey, you want to subscribe to our free newsletter? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm subscribed to the free newsletter. I started getting your newsletter, and that's the aha moment. That's when everything, that's when I realized where my error was. And it's so simple. And um, you had even talked about it on one of the videos I saw, and that was sustainability, a sustainable diet. And I had never even thought about diets that way. I just thought, and when I say diet, really what, what you're saying is eat, just eating healthy. I never thought about changing my mindset to actually saying, stop thinking this as you losing weight temporarily or just you losing weight or you having to work out and start thinking about a healthy lifestyle and a healthy living. 
And that changed the game for me completely. Um, I realized that my mistake and error and why I faltered every time is because I wouldn't stop eating all the crap. I was not eating healthy. I was losing weight, but I was defaulting back to that childhood overeating and terrible eating habits. I was not changing those eating habits and making those choices. So eventually, I was basically setting myself up for failure every single time because I wasn't changing really anything. So I started changing everything. I started uh, making uh, huge... Well, I started making very tiny changes in what I started to eat. I started picking different things, eating healthier, eating more protein. You know, I started doing some protein shakes, started paying attention to that, just starting overall eating healthier. And one thing that really also helped was that you talked about diets that aren't sustainable. And it brought me back immediately. And that's what also helped me understand where I was messing up was my wife. She had went on one of those diets. You, know, you pay $600 and you, you lose weight. Well, she did. But one thing it didn't do is that it didn't teach her how to eat. It just said, you eat this time. Yeah, it didn't teach her anything. It just said, do this, do that, do it like this. She was miserable. She got her weight down, but she was absolutely miserable. And I remember that had happened about three years prior or four years prior. And I remember that with your article, Saying Sustainable Diets. And it immediately resonated with me. And I'm like, that's okay. Wow. Wow. I need to stop trying to think of this as a diet and I need to start just eating healthy. I got to stop, I got to not buy those Oreos and not buy the ice cream, no more popsicles. I need to start thinking about, you know, like you're talking about your perfect plates. I need to talk about having those vegetables and having a healthy carb. I didn't really, I didn't even think about healthy carbs. I, you know, I was under the impression that all carbs were bad. Now I'm finding out through all the stuff that you're teaching and even some of my own research that, because I'm a big research guy, I like to research things, finding out, no, carbs are actually really healthy and actually very necessary. So I just, I changed everything up. And I also found out that I could actually eat healthy and delicious food. Yeah, enjoy it, right? That's what's crazy. There's a myth out there that you cannot, uh, you cannot, you know, you eat healthy, it won't be delicious. Not like that Oreo. I beg to differ. No, there's a ton of great foods out there. And um, luckily for me, I have a great, uh, my wife is a great cook. She's a phenomenal cook. So uh, she started kind of helping out going, well, I'll tell you what, if we just substitute this and do this and do that, uh, don't do that cheese, do this. I mean, every time I was looking at something, I was like, okay, we'll stop eating the bread and let's do this different type of bread. And then, okay, you know what? It's substitutions, right? Some small substitutions. Yeah. Tiny changes, huge results. I just started making these small changes everywhere. Every time I went to the store and it made a huge impact. And now all of a sudden I'm losing weight. And I remember when I first decided, okay, let me try to lose this weight. I'm, I'm at the time 42. I got online. I'm like, what is a 42 year old, six foot three male supposed to be? They said like 180. I'm like, that's, that's, that's crap. No way. No way. That's, they, I must have, they must have not got something right on the calculation here. So I looked at a, a few more and like, no, you should be around 180. I'm like, how is that possible? I, I couldn't even do that when I was 35 for very long. How could being 180 when I realized what my problem was? It's possible if you eat healthy. If you eat healthy, it is very possible to do that. So it took me 10 months probably. So in, I started 2019. By October 2020, I got down to 175. But I did it. You know, I have this bad back problem. So I'm working out, but I'm, I'm being careful on the weights. I'm not overdoing it. I don't want to injure myself and then get myself down that road track. You know, that's a bad one. 
So I'm keeping everything good. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm 175 pounds and I'm not starving. Like I'm easily 175. I even dropped as low as 172 and realized I really like 175. And I'm all of a sudden getting definition, my arms, my stomach. Uh, my wife is clearly noticing like, holy crap. Are you, oh my gosh. Like, this is ridiculous. Like you're starting to get like a six pack developing. And I'm like, I haven't even had one at 2018. Even when I was 160, I didn't have a six pack. I'm more healthier at this 175 weight than I ever was when I was 18 at 160. And I guarantee it because I was of the stuff I ate that time. So, you know, that's 2020. And, you know, now what's crazy is I've realized I made December 1st, 2020. I'm like, oh, I've never in my life ever decreased my weight and kept it for an entire year. This is impossible. So at this time, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm freaking out, but I'm a little concerned because I'm just like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the moment. When is the moment coming when I, when I give up and, and, and go right back to where I was? But what I realized is I had no reason to. I had taken so long to eat healthy for so long, I broke a lot of those habits of eating junk food. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. It happened in so little increments that it began it just became part of my life. I just began to naturally think towards those healthy options. I mean, yeah, every once in a while I still did, you know, I had a piece of pie during Christmas and, you know, this or that or something, but that was nothing. What happened is I was able to do that and have no trouble just going right back to eating healthy. And, you know, you can do that. Your body easily goes, oh, this is nothing. You know, you, you keep eating healthy, you keep working out and exercising. No, we'll just get rid of this in about two seconds. And then, 2021 happened, the summer of 2021. I did go on a float trip in 2020, but I stayed away from those rope swings. Let me tell you, I stayed the hell away from those rope swings. And in 2021, I went back on the float trip. Now I'm 175. I've got abs. I found out later on, one of our friends came up and said, yeah, a bunch of the people in our group were coming up to me going, God, Dave, he lost an incredible amount of weight because they really haven't seen me for about a year. They're like, oh my gosh, I've never seen Dave like that. And we went on the float trip. I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong. And just by chance, one of the guys in our group, which they've never done before, said, let's go on a rope swing. Now, what's crazy is in my mindset at the time, I'm thinking, yeah, I'll go on a rope swing. No biggie. Nothing really happened at that point. It wasn't until I got up to that rope swing and I realized it was one of the two rope swings that I had on two years that I failed so miserably on. And this is when I realized that well, two years ago, on that rope swing is exactly why I started doing what I was doing December 1st, 2019. That's when I realized, and I realized it because I got up there, I was waiting in line, no biggie, grabbed that rope swing, and I, I, I swear it was just like in the movies. I had a huge emotional rush of memories coming back about my past failure. And I remember I sat there for probably 10 seconds because I realized I got trapped in just this memory, a very bad one. And I started looking around and realizing the guys were like, uh, you know, they had a look on their face like, what are you doing? Go. Like, there's a line behind you. Come on, get going. And I realized that I almost kind of froze because I was so scared. I was like, what if it doesn't happen? What if I do the same thing again? You know? But I went and I launched off that thing. I mean, I launched off that thing, did a complete backflip. And I, I literally did on purpose, just, just land on my back and land on my stomach, went right back on there, did it again. Had no clue at the time that my wife is video recording. I did post that on FFP, by the way, on Facebook. I gotta go check that out. She, it was on the same post. Um, I had no clue that she, she did, she was not telling me. And oh my god, if she would have told me, I really would have freaked me out. I probably might have, you know, thought about not doing it. But it was crazy. I mean, but 
it was that memory that flooded back and I didn't realize really the effect that it had on me. And that's when I realized, wow, wow, that's what kind of got me moving. That's what got me going. That's what got me back in December 1st, 2019. It was one of those things you just don't realize how much it caused for you, how much trouble and mental anguish it caused you until you basically face. For me, it became a fear. I walked up to it thinking nothing until I grabbed that rope and just the fear just rushed over me. And I was like, why am I scared about this? And I realized, oh, that's why. I did not realize the impact it had on me at that time. I had no, had no clue. And that's when, you know, I actually, oh, that's when I actually decided to, uh, you know, I also got into OSM old school muscle because something I always wanted to do and I've always struggled to wrap my head around was gaining muscle mass. I didn't want crazy muscle mass, but I did want a little more. And um, that's how I got onto the Facebook FFP page. And I struggled about, I got on about three months and uh, I remember thinking, man, should I talk about this? Should I talk about this? I don't know. I'm not really a good writer. So it took me about 30 or 45 minutes to kind of write it up. Because this, at this time, after it happened, this, this story is going on in my head. Like I'm realizing, wow, I did not understand the effect this damn rope swing had on me you know, in 2019. And I wrote it up. I actually had it on you know, a post. And then I, like, before I posted it, I deleted it. Because I'm like, I don't know. I, this is some personal stuff. I don't know if I want to share this. But what I remembered was I have always been fascinated by body transformations my entire life. And probably because I've always struggled with it myself. So it's always amazing to me when I hear someone who beat the odds, you know, dropped 50, dropped 70, dropped, you know, 100 pounds, 150. That, that's just, that's insane to me that someone can do that, that someone can have a mindset to just do that and then keep it off. So I decided to post it and decided to give it a shot. And, and maybe that my story might help some people, you know, talking about my depression and all the injuries I had to battle and the weight gains and the overeating and the genetic issues I have in my family, you know, that I had to overcome and, and realizing that maybe there's some people, you know, that had to deal with the same things that I had to deal with. Completely. And to let people know that you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we're here for is what you just described is when we are fascinated by something is because we have this internal desire likely to experience that. And you kind of had this in the back of your mind. And I think it's so beautiful with everything that you did overcome that you got to the point of even pushing through that fear of actually sharing is, I don't know, what are we here for? To overcome the things that we're here and we're called to do. And then to take that and to share it, to inspire others, to overcome whatever their rope swing is you know, whatever that is. And I truly commend you for that. And I would say from the stories you've been through, David, you've truly been through a lot more than most, you know, and just in terms of legitimate physical adversity that you've had to come through. And I am seeing you right now doing that backflip on that rope swing. And that's glorious. At 44, it represents so much more, you know, it represents so much at 44 to be able to do that, you know, at the time you're on the rope swing. It's incredible. How many guys can do a backflip over row swing and be at a weight that they want? I'll tell you, very, very few. Yeah. Uh, and that's what was huge for me. Uh, you know, it, it took FFP to realize. I just thought the whole, uh, you know, getting strong and exercising was a young, young, young guy's game, you know, <laughs> a young person's game. Um, it never occurred to me that you could actually do this in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, and even beyond. Uh, I just thought that was ridiculous. I thought you had to just be insane and work out two and three hours a day. 
And I, I found out, no, you absolutely do not. You just have to make sure you pay attention to the workouts you're doing. You know, OSM taught me time under tension, something I had never thought about before, ever in my life. Now, now I'm teaching my kids time under tension. You know, when you work out, I'm teaching, you know, they're seeing me eat healthier. They're trying to do the same thing. You know, my wife uh, saw what I was doing. And after her horrible experience on that diet and feeling miserable, she goes, just one day she came downstairs and said, I'm going to do what you're doing now because you just showed me that you could have amazing, delicious food and still lose weight. And I wasn't even exercising crazy. Um, no, I was probably exercising a total of an hour and a half to two hours per week. And it was funny to hear to, to read an article that you posted on, on one of the Sundays that even pointed that out, that you do not have to work out crazy amounts of time. And if you are, then maybe you're doing something wrong. You need to rethink what you're doing in your workouts because you shouldn't have to be doing that. And I don't have the time, to be honest with you. I've got kids' soccer games to go to. I got stuff to do with my oldest son. I've got family obligations all over the place. Plus, you know, trying to do things personally for myself and, you know, spend more time with my wife. Uh, so my time is valuable and I, I, um, I don't want to spend it just working out constantly. And with my back problems, I can't do that because if I work out too much, I will overdo it and I will injure myself and I have to be careful. That's a really important lesson that I think your whole story and your journey shines light on is that we must find, well, one, there's a right way to exercise that is very time efficient. And two, you got to find the right exercise that fits you perfectly. And for you, that's going to be you know, exercise that first and foremost keeps your back feeling good, which is obviously like no exercise, not a good option, but we can tailor these things, whatever limitations you do have, you can tailor a plan to fit and work that I'm sure with some hit workouts, maybe some other motions that you figure out, make your back feel good. You got to learn these things and then create a plan that works for each individual sustainably. The workouts that work for you are probably different than me, but you got to find these things. And I also say the nutrition, once you nail that and you actually start losing weight from that alone, then you realize the workouts are just really giving your body a stimulus a couple times per week. And that's all you need. And I, I learned also that I, you know, if I miss a workout, you know, just, you got to do something, you got to figure something out. Um, I want to give, this is one of my favorite workouts, uh, 1510 fire. I love that workout. I actually love introducing it to people because when I tell them, it's funny, when I tell them what they're going to be doing, they're like, uh, so this is a hit workout? Are you sure? Even people that are doing pretty good on the workouts, I have them do about three rounds of that. And they're about, this is ridiculous. I hate this workout. I can't do this workout. I'm like, it's a great workout, isn't it? It's a no joke workout. It's a, it's a, it's a big, serious thing. I love the 1510 fire. I have my kids doing it. So it's great. I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal workout. So it just, yeah, it, I'm just so happy that I happened to just accidentally run into FFP. Uh, and I'm glad it was, a, it was a great accident. And uh, yeah, it's definitely contagious. A lot of people see me now and uh, they ask me what happened, what I do. And, you know, it's kind of inspired. Uh, there's a few people that have been inspired to do their, you know, weight loss journey now because seeing me. Nice. So that's what I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so grateful you found us too and that you worked it and you overcame all these adversities. And now we're here being able to share your story. It's amazing. So in wrapping this up, what advice would you give to some guys who feel like they're similar to you and that they have some serious adversity? Maybe they're a guy with an old injury that really makes it hard for them to do something, or they have something in their mind that is a substantial limitation. What advice would you give to that guy on how he can proceed? Don't underestimate the starting small. I, I think for a lot of guys, that's hard. We always want to do things kind of big. It's kind of almost ingrained how we're taught and we're supposed to, you know, you go big or go home. 
Um, when I started in 2019, December 1st, 2019, it was small. And I mean small. Small, the increments, the weight increments I was using, you're talking 15 pounds, 20 pounds. I used to be able to sling a lot more than that, but I was like, I can't do that. I started doing small weights and it's, you know, it's not about the hit exercises, that's body weights. I, I did a lot of body weight exercise. I kind of laid off the weights for a bit and realized, oh my gosh, I don't have to use weights if I don't want to. I could totally use body stuff, you know, push-ups and things like that. Those are excellent. Planks, you know, these things are great. Um, and just getting out there and moving. Um, I did do some running, but um, realized that walking was just as effective. Walking was great too. Um, you don't have to do anything ridiculous. That's what's crazy. Is everyone thinks that I lost, ended up losing 45 pounds overall you don't have to do anything ridiculous. You just have to be consistent. Consistency and starting small, those small changes, starting with how you eat, starting with your exercises, you know, add up to something huge in, in, in six, seven, eight, nine, ten months. Don't look at it as where I can be in two months or three months or look at it something weekly. Look at about where you want to be a year from now and, and work towards that goal and just it, keep it like that. You know, don't think that because you have injuries, you can't do anything because I also have people in my family that have already said that they've already given me that excuse. I can't do that. I've got this injury. I've got this problem. And, you know, spinal stenosis is no joke. And, you know, having to deal with all the other problems that come with it. Um, if I can do it, I guarantee you anybody can, no matter what, no matter what the problem is, you can definitely start losing weight, eating healthier and getting exercise in to help build your body up. Yeah, that was a wonderful answer, truly. I mean, you're just sharing the truth. And what I think is cool is when you do start small, your capacity incrementally builds and then your trust and your faith and able to do more builds with that. So you're slowly building up versus the kind of extreme approach where you're all or nothing. I'm either completely all in or I'm not, or you try to go too big for your body at that time and you create more problems. So very wise words. One more question I'd like to ask is, David, for you, what does it mean to be a fit father as you understand it today? It means being there for my family. It means not thinking that when I get 60 or 70, that life is over. It was a huge deal for me on top of all this. I have some family members who are older and they just kind of let themselves go and they have diabetes now and they can't do anything. They had all these grand ideas of what they're going to do in the retirement and they can't do a single one of them. And I thought, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be there. I want to be there for my grandchildren. I want to be able to play with my grandchildren. I want to be able to see them and drive in a car. Um, I have, some of my family can't even drive in a car. They're in such bad physical condition. They can't even do that. That's what it means to be a fit father. It, it means being there for your family, both physically and mentally. You're not there physically. You can't be there mentally and, and vice versa. And just being that positive role model for your kids because your kids are going to go through the same problem. If, if you don't show them what is possible and, and, and what should be, you know, a good thing to be and being fit. Yeah. Well said again. I, I truly appreciate you coming on and sharing this conversation with so much vulnerability. I mean, I'm coming out of this 100% inspired. So I know that other guys are going to be feeling the same way. So David, thank you for being a fit father for finding and working this program. And I want to say God bless you and your family for many years of great health ahead and, and congratulations on all your success so far. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. 
It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you. Visit youtube.com forward slash Fit Father Project to get access to our entire video library. And finally, if you or someone in your life is interested in becoming a fit father or needs help losing weight, building muscle, and living healthier after age 40, then visit fitfatherproject.com where you can see our proven programs, supplement line for guys 40 plus, and free meal plan and workouts to get you started. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll see you in the next episode.